from multiple top secret, highly secure locations throughout South, South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider Podcast. I am Mike Finger with Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborn via Zoom. I just saw the salmon co- colored mug, so we are all set to go. Tom looking very much like an air traffic controller this morning with his headset, his spectacles, and we are navigating our way into season opener week. Um, it's a different type of season opener this year, obviously. I believe, uh, Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the first season opener since 2006 when you will not be in the building. Is that right? That would be correct, yes. How, how do you feel correct. about that? Uh, old. <laughs> yeah. Very, very old. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, it's just going to be weird. I mean, it's going to be weird for everyone across the league. And, I, you know, again, I don't know if people like the behind the scenes stuff, but um, I think most arenas, there's the option. If if um, reporters want to go uh, cover in person, they are allowed to, but they uh, put us up in the, the rafters even higher than I was in the AT&T Center last year pre-COVID. And uh, you're spaced out and you don't get to go to the event level. You don't get to talk to any players in person, no coaches in person. Uh, everything is done on Zoom, even if you're in the arena. So I think we've sort of made the executive decision that it makes no sense to uh, put ourselves in those arenas on a regular basis uh, if 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 there's no reason to. So um, uh, we're yeah we're not we're not going to be in the building. We're going to be doing Zooms until uh, you know this all passes. Which which means the season opener is in Memphis, and that means no what is beef stew at at George Paul's last call, those type, you, you, you've been in the league for 14 years and you have your stops, correct? Yeah. I've been there so long. That used to be George Paul's first call, <laughs> but now it's George Paul's last call there in Memphis. It's a good, uh, good spot for some beef stew and, um, and cornbread after a, after a hard night's work covering a, a Spurs Grizzlies game. Well, um, I guess there's basketball too, in addition to beat writing, um, and the listeners, I'm assuming we I've heard we were up to maybe six this week. What? And they and they care more about the basketball I've heard than your typical post-game um dives that where, where you consume your 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 food after filing your, your story. So I guess we should get into what we expect from the actual basketball when the season opener tips off on Wednesday in Memphis. Success will be gauged differently this year, I'm assuming, with this team than it has been in the past. Tom, what what are your thoughts as to what will make this a successful season for the San Antonio Spurs? Oh, uh, contending for a playoff spot. But as we all know, you know, they could be better, a better team this year and still not make the playoffs uh, with the West being so deep. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, if Derek, Derek White comes back healthy and, and, uh, Keldon Johnson, uh, comes back healthy from his mysterious, uh, foot ailment that, uh, they, they should, they should have a team that contend that can contend for, for a playoff spot. Um, and I, I would gauge that as success if, uh, you know, they're battling their toward the end uh, to get in into the playoffs after a one-year absence. I, I think that's a successful season. Is it too early for a hot take? Go ahead. 
Can I throw in a hot take? I mean, fire I away. Prefer, I prefer. Uh, if you well, didn't, okay. But. So, so yes, they could contend for a playoff spot. All you have to do is be in the top ten this year. I think the Spurs. I'm not saying they will be. I'm saying it's possible they could be the worst team in the Western Conference. That's that's uh, that's certainly a take. Talk, talk and, me out of it. Yeah, I'm not saying they will be. I'm just there's a lot of teams that we we always thought of as quote unquote worse than worse than the Spurs, like let's say Phoenix, that I'm not really sure will be. Um, that's that's not the craziest take in the world. I would if we're just going to list teams that I would assume might finish, might be in contention for the 15th spot. I, I think better bets might be a team like Oklahoma city or Sacramento, but I mean, it, it's the Spurs are in the conversation just as the Spurs are in the conversation for the eighth, ninth, 10 spots. They're in the conversation for, 14 and 15 to your right, point. The way, the way, the way the, the, way the uh, format works out this year, you can be in the conversation for the playoffs and also the worst team in the conference. That's correct. That's correct. All right, moving and, on. Well, I mean, to, to, to build upon that, if the Spurs show improvement in all the ways that fans hope they will, if you see that, Somebody from that Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Kelton Johnson group is going to become a worthwhile foundational piece. If you dis- if you move on from DeMar DeRozan and, and LaMarcus Aldridge, get something decent from them for them at the trade deadline. And if there's signs of encouragement while the team still finishes 14th or 15th, I mean, that could be in a way, a successful season too, because you learn something, you found pieces to build around, and you're going to get a big draft pick. I mean, there's, oh, right. like, there's, it wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be a bad thing to be the worst team in the Western conference this year. Unless you're the worst team in the Western conference because nothing worked. Right. You know, there's, right. there's, there's multiple levels to all this. You don't just want to be bad. You don't want to be terrible and get that top pick. If it's because DeJounte and Derek and Lonnie and Kelton all flopped and all proved to be terrible. But I just if, don't if think can... that's going to happen. Like, I think, I think, I think some of those guys are good enough that you're going to be encouraged by them. Not to get too into the weeds here, but if you're encouraged by them, I think that could lead to winning as well. So, you know what I mean? Like if, if those guys are playing as well as you hope they will, then I think that naturally means that you're not necessarily 14th or 15th, but you you're competing at least for 10th, 9th, 8th. And admittedly, there's some recency bias to this hot take of mine uh, because intellectually we know watching the preseason, it's meaningless. It doesn't matter that they went 0-3. Derek White's not playing. Keldon Johnson's not playing. But then again, just watching it with your eyes, I mean, woof. Like the play, that's how I would, that's how I would describe the Spurs preseason is woof like it was just hard to watch outside of Devin Vassell there wasn't a whole lot that you really um were impressed by and again it's three games in a preseason short training camp there's all kinds of caveats where I should just shut up and let's not draw any conclusions from it but you just yeah, watched, a, watched them in that and it was like yeah like I don't I'm know almost, I'm almost tempted to just completely discount it just like every year yeah, like, like the, the, the preseason 
the preseason leads to far more overreactions than it's fair. Like, I don't want to overreact. That's true. And also, what, what what I would say about the team that finishes fifteenth or fourteenth in the West, almost every year, that's a team in which something terrible has happened, either injury wise or just totally flop. Like, I I, I don't think uh, to use the example we talked about earlier uh, uh, that a season in which the Spurs show a lot of bright spots. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that leads to the 15th best team in the in the West. I think it's somebody who loses somebody to injury. Um, Golden State last year, um, just Minnesota last year, where everything kind of falls apart. That's that's the team that's going to finish last. I, I, I don't, I don't think that happens to the Spurs unless something goes horribly wrong. Yeah. All right, Mr. Sunshine. Go ahead, Ringo. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think it would take. I would. I think it would take some injuries, uh, or Derek and Keldon just not getting into the mix for quite some time um, right. for them to just really, really hit bottom. What do we know about um, Derek and Keldon that we didn't last week, Tom? Not much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, not much. Um, it's still still going to be a while. Apparently, there hasn't been any word. Uh, if we get if we get pop, uh, uh, which I think we'll get him before before the Memphis trip, uh, certainly will be one question if he has any update on their status. Um, but yeah, not it's it's pretty much what it was last week. Well, the the is, one thing that was, and again, listening to pop on injuries is sometimes dicey. Yeah, he's not the medical guy, but there was one thing that he did clarify in that um, Keldon seems to be ahead of Derek. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that I believe that pregame session was after our last podcast. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um, Keldon's quote a couple of weeks away has been doing three on three, um, but Derek has not at that point had not protect, pre- progressed to three on three, and then it seems like Keldon will be on the floor before Derek White will be on the floor. And that was as of the third preseason game. Uh, I want to say the second so we're we're, okay. we're about a week a week that was about a week ago from this report okay um so we'll we'll and again listening to pop a couple of weeks when pop says it that's not a timetable i just want to point that out to everyone right. i've been doing this long enough that um like we're happy that he gives us a little bit of a clue like if he had said a couple of months that would have that would have been uh, a little scary but you can't hold pop to his injury timetable and those injuries are important not only because of not having those two players available, players that were expected to be part of the rotation, but because not having them means they can't play the way that they planned on playing based on the bubble last season. Um, it, 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 it means more big guys playing, fewer guards playing, and um, not, not to make too much of two – injuries to start the season, but it really can put a damper in, in, in the whole plan for things. Well, those yeah, two, go ahead. Those go, two go guys, ahead. I mean, they stood out so much in the bubble, Derek, uh, all around play, just, just, you know, just outstanding all around. And, and then Keldon was a catalyst for the, the up-tempo attack just with his, uh, the aggressiveness that he showed. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're two vital pieces to your point, Mike, uh, uh, of the way they want to play. 
and, and the thing is, they're still sort of trying in those preseason games, still sort of trying to play that way. Like they did have to play some more big guys, but they're continuing to launch threes like crazy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's working <laughs> or not. Um, they're going to keep launching threes. And it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, I was looking at it like the, they, they topped 33 point attempts in each of those preseason games, which like it, like the it, like the, they're they're approaching like regular season records with those. Um, it seems like a lot for the Spurs, and yet like the Rockets are still throwing up like forty a game. There was a game that there was a preseason game where Utah shot fifty. Like even though the Spurs are like shooting threes at a at a higher uh, volume than they've ever shot before in the preseason, it's like not even close to what the rest of the league is doing. And uh, it was just funny to me. That was an observation. I had. Lamarcus is jacking them like they told him to. He's just not making any of them. Like, I, I, I suppose this is what you've got to do, but it hasn't looked it hasn't looked great so far. Well, one thing that has been proven over the past several years of NBA basketball is launching 40, 50 three pointers a game is not a guarantee for success, but it's hard to win if you don't. Right. And right. so so the Spurs are putting up 30, 40 a night and they're not making them and they're losing that's that's okay you lost but if you go back to mid-range if you go back to slow it down post up you don't have the horses to beat the teams that are putting up 30 and 40 and making them so right. you might as well you might as well to be clear i'm not yeah. advocating uh, going back to dinosaur ball right i'm just just pointing out that they're trying they're trying yeah. to be a 21st century offense, and that's that might be part of the reason it hasn't looked. Um, it's kind of interesting because uh, you, you've got fans that want the Spurs to completely revamp the style of play that they've they've been playing, and then get upset when it looks crappy for three preseason games. So right. it's like let's 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 revamp everything we've done and everything we know about basketball, but make it right. look really good right away. Right. I thought uh, LaMarcus's excuse for his poor shooting was pretty valid. You know, he's been off for so long and trying to get those legs back underneath him. I, I think he'll come around eventually, although traditionally he starts every season slow. So um could be a while before he comes around. What I worry about with LaMarcus, and maybe this is me just being, I don't know what the word is, paternalistic, is he is definitely the type of the guy to me that if something's not working, it's easy for him to get in his own head and say, forget it and go back to doing what he, what he's good at. And so do we see that happen if, if things don't start going in for him uh, early in the season? Yeah. I, on, on the, the three pointers not going in, whether it's LaMarcus or anybody else, it's almost like, I don't know, nihilistic is the right term. It, it, it doesn't matter whether they go in or not. Um, over a over a three game, especially a three preseason game stretch like that, like eventually water rises to its own level. Like the the there's regression to the mean. They're gonna make the three pointers that they're capable of making over the long term. And I, I think to overreact, if they come out and shot eighty percent for th- from three over those three preseason games, that wouldn't tell you a whole lot more than whatever percentage they shot. That was terrible over the first three games. I think just the fact that they're shooting them, the results almost are 
the individual results from three games are are are, right. are not that important. Specifically with LA, though, you're asking him to do something differently than he's done in his, in his uh, All Star career, and uh, and and he should like that's definitely what you should ask him to shoot more three pointers in this day and age, and he needs to, and and hopefully they'll go in for him. But you're asking him to change his game, and I can see if it doesn't work early. Um, like I said, he's the kind of guy that tends to get in his own head. And like Bryn Forbes is going like, to, he's not on the team anymore. Bryn Forbes is the kind of guy that's he's just going to, no, no. Oh. But he's the type of guy that's just going to keep shooting them because that's his, that's his job. You know, that's what he's always done is shoot threes. When you're asking someone to do something that's out of their comfort zone and then it doesn't go well, it's easy for it. You know, it's easy to, to argue if you're that person, ah, I don't need to be doing this. I need to be, you know, taking the shots that have, you know, I've made seven all-star teams taking mid-range jumpers. I'm not I saying that's going to happen. We're just talking in hypotheticals here. But, it, you know, I think we've been around LaMarcus enough to know that he does get in his own head. He does sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, and, and I hate to dis, to quibble with the beat writer here, um, but have we why, why stop now? Have, have we completely forgotten what happened before the, the COVID hiatus last year? Like, LaMarcus was already doing it. He was already shooting more yeah. than he ever had. This yeah. isn't a radical. Ch- yeah. I mean, you, you say he's he's going to try something new, and if it doesn't work, he's going to get upset. Well, he's he already had. I think it started last December of yeah, twenty nineteen. Right. From December to about the what the first week of March was his was his biggest three point shooting stretch of his career. Yeah, that's so. That's it's true. not like he's starting over. That's true. That's okay. true. But perhaps a bigger concern, you know, just to switch gears might be their continuing inability to defend. Um, you know, that uh, w- this past week we had two guys, DeJounte Murray and Jakob Pertle, just talk about, you know, willingness that or, or, or kind of suggest that the willingness isn't there um, right. in some circles and that. Uh, the, you know, missed assignments, um, you know, mental lapses that it, it just they, they, they made this a point of emphasis for a couple of seasons now. And it certainly has been the case since the start of training camp, but they just can't seem to turn the corner there, which indicates, you know, not a not a bulletin or a headline here. They just don't have the personnel to do it. Although no, not, uh, not not for nothing, but the two guys we we mentioned earlier who have not played a, a minute of the yes. preseason are a huge part of that. Like maybe it's the hugest part of that. Absolutely. Uh I think it was Jakob that kind of discounted that. Um, but but you're right. I mean that there's there's no question that's correct. I'm I just, think you I'm, could argue that Derek White has become their best defensive player. Yeah, no, no question. And, no and question. Geez, Keldon was pretty much a menace on that end of the floor in the bubble as well. So yeah, I think getting those two guys back will help personnel-wise for sure. I mean, they, they've kind of tried to build this uh, this defensive unit where you have all these switchy guards and everybody can guard every position, and but two of those guys are out. And the other part of it is you're, when you're starting, you know, like your bigs are still going to have trouble with that. Like Lamarcus isn't a guy that can guard every position, so there's <laughs> still going to be rim protection issues. And again, not to completely discount preseason, but I sort of want to completely discount preseason. I mean, every team this year is going to want to hammer the points about taking defense more seriously. Um, you know, the def- defensive intensity might be, it might be natural to, to, to 
see that in preseason games. That's not necessarily the most intense thing you're going to see in the world. And also when you just look at personnel wise, like two of the guys who are not getting minutes anymore at all that got a lot of minutes last year are Brent Forbes and Marco Bellinelli, friend of the podcast. And I think just those guys being gone and more Keldon Johnson, more Devin Vassell, I think it would be reasonable to expect that the defense could be could improve just based on that. So it sounds like you're saying the shut-ins were right. Oh, that's not. I mean, that, to, to relitigate re- re- this whole thing. Sure. The, the, oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that, I think that the, while it's natural for the Spurs to look at how they played in the preseason and say the defense needs to be better, I think it will be. I think the shooting will be better. And I think the, the 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 pace of play will gradually get to be more of what it was in the bubble. And despite all of that optimism, they still could be a 12 seed. Um, I think that's just the way the the uh, this season is going to be. I there's think a, Spurs a, fans have to be they have if if you can just be a fun 12 seed, like it's fun to watch. I think right. Spurs fans need to be be um, satisfied with that. Yeah, watching from to, watching from TV, watching at home. Yeah, watching at home. Tom, um, I, I meant to ask you. Jeff's not going to Memphis, and uh, that's a big deal. He's not going to be in the arena. You're not going to be on the road to start the season. But but I've heard that Jeff is going to offer to finally let you have the uh, the New York games if you want them. Are you excited about that? Oh uh, yeah, sure, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I am. I am excited about that. I, I was wondering about what happens with DC. Uh, you can have it. Really? Yeah. It's all I, you. Okay. That's all kind right. of a that's kind of a behind the scenes, inside the secure location joke that we probably should not. No, we we should not specify on the podcast. Sorry, but I brought it up. We are hoping. <laughs> We are hoping that by the time the second half schedule comes out, which we don't have the second half schedule yet, maybe there will be some actual beat writer travel to some of these arenas where we, there can be some in-person interviews and what have you. That would that would that would be a good thing. Yeah, Boy, it would be a good thing. Yeah, I'm tired of zooms. I mean, here we are sitting on a zoom, like an extra zoom, talking to you, numb nuts. Like, oh. just tired of all that. There's a lull in the conversation here. We can mention that you can get more of that insightful analysis from both Jeff McDonald and Tom Ringo Starr or support and the entire Express News staff at expressnews.com. Subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Get all this stuff and tell your friends about the Spurs Insider podcast. We are going to get up into double digit listeners within the next month, I think. It'll, it's, 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 it's a reasonable goal. We don't want to shoot too high, but double-digit listeners, that'd be a big deal. What what I can um, commit to is I'm going to go make some friends, and then I will tell them about the podcast. I said realistic. I have to um, make the friends first, though. But I said, I, again, that doesn't sound realistic to me. You making friends at your age, it's How just about not. I t- I'll tell my mailman. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm not sure you're, you're, you have the charm to, uh, to win over a mailman, but again, it's a, it's, it's a rebuilding year. It's about development. So go ahead and try. We'll see how that works out. We are close. We're nearing the end of this season opening week podcast. And I guess we should mention specifics about that season opening week, the games that will be played before we do our next one are at Memphis on Wednesday. I believe the Toronto Rap- Raptors, the, the the Central Florida Raptors, will be visiting the AT&T Center on the day after Christmas. And then Zion Williamson and the Pelicans uh, Spurs will go to New Orleans on Sunday. How, how does that shape up as a as a uh, opening stretch for your Spurs, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm the one that said they were going to be the worst team in the Western Conference. <laughs> now you're seeing why. Like, that looks like a big old 0-3 to me. Like, I don't want to be Mr. Pessimism, but yikes. What do you think about the Grizzlies? I was looking at some... Um, They're on the come up, man. Well, I was looking at some analytic. Uh, I believe 538 has its its uh, ELO ratings out, and they were lower than I expect. They're not... I don't think in the top 10, the Spurs might have actually been ahead of them. Um, ja Morant's amazing. Where is Ja? Um, and they've got a couple of players, but that's a team that isn't necessarily, I think, in that. I, I think I like Phoenix more than Memphis. I like um, Golden State's going to come back, I think. I don't know. But oh, yeah, uh, that's, all, that's all fair. Just yeah. when you're talking about uh, like a head-to-head matchup, um, you got a player like Ja. That's just hard to. That's hard for the Spurs to handle. But you know, that's why they play the games, I guess. Spurs actually played well against the Pels last year, even after the return of uh, Zion Williamson. They did. I think, they did. I, I think starting Pels starting are going to be good too. Like when I say good, I mean bottom of the playoff bracket, good, but good. I think that the the, the beat writers starting out predicting zero and three. I, I think you should be a little more optimistic about that. That will help you not only um, with your analysis, but also with your 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 resolution to make friends and add more listeners. I think positivity could could pay off for you there. I, I, I'm, that's just a little advice for you. You want to turn this into like the Chicago Bears super fans podcast? No, but I'm just saying, you know, just immediately assuming 0 and 3. I think on. I think Spurs 240 like Spurs Spurs 247 to 14. <laughs> Tom, what what do you what, what, what are you looking <laughs> Tom, what are you most interested in seeing in these first 3 games of the regular season? Uh, well, let's uh let's see if they can duplicate even without those aforementioned vital pieces and Keldon and uh, Johnson and Derek White, can they, can they go up tempo and, and replicate what they did in the bubble? Or or is it just uh, something that's put on pause until those guys get back? I I, I think that's something that I'm going to look for right away. Jeff. I agree. (laughs) Again, not the best way to make friends and add listeners. Speaking of friends, uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if our, our friend that, that we made, Mike, in uh, New Orleans is still there. The uh, the arena oh, the driver. Yeah, yeah. I met. I, I thought about I, him recently. I know it's a long time truck driver. 
had 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 spent many years long haul trucking through down I ten through San Antonio to, to California, um, and then just decided to spend his retirement years working arena security, talking to Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn and myself about his favorite guys in the league. Um, and in all sincerity, that's the kind of stuff we miss this time of year. Just talking to guys about, you know, life and, well, it, and we're, and we're not able to stumble across characters like that anymore. The, the, you know, sometimes you'd hear from security guys about what players are like, what coaches are like. It was, it was a fun part of the job and, you know, we really miss it. Yeah. And then hearing him talk about getting through Katrina was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still think about that. New Orleans for, for both Tom and me, uh, will always hold a special part in our memories about the, when, when evil San Antonio tried to take the saints away from New Orleans in 2005 after Katrina. And we both spent a lot of time in New Orleans in those days. And it's always, it's always fun to go back and it's a shame we won't be there on Sunday, but hopefully by uh, March or April, we can, we can make a trip. Um, Big picture for the Spurs this year. We've we've mentioned it before, and we're into the final couple minutes here. But have had what what do we think about Lamarcus Aldridge, Demar Derozan? Are they going to be here at the end of the year? What do you want to see from those guys? Rudy, throw in Rudy Gay and Patty Mills as well. Um, this will be the last topic we hit on today. But but uh, where are they in this rebuilding effort? that the Spurs are embarking upon. Yeah, they're going to, you know, those guys are still, the the front office is still going to look for trade opportunities. And um, I think what you wrote uh, this past week, Mike, was spot on that their their best contributions could come if they can find deals that uh, help the Spurs gain uh, some young players, some draft picks. Um, you know, uh I think that, you know, it seems like both those guys are committed to trying to make it work here, but um, the front office might have different ideas. And of course, Patty is uh, uh, dead set on becoming FIBA Patty. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's something to look for early on. And Rudy Gay is Rudy Gay, one of the steady, um, you know, steady valued elder statesmen of the league. And uh, uh, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I think LaMarcus and DeMar, that's going to be something that everyone's going to be watching for, what what the club is ultimately going to do with them. It'll be a topic for much of the next few months. I don't think there's going to be any drastic changes anytime soon, but that'll be something we'll be watching. We'll be looking for updates on Kelvin Johnson and Derek White and just the usual progress of a growing building team as the season starts lot to watch over the next couple of months, over the next couple of weeks. We will get to a lot of that in future episodes. Until we see you next time, take care of each other and keep it real. Peace. Peace. Peace.